Yep. Okay. Okay, on page one, you have the Pesukim and Divrei Yamin. Pasuk Yates. As mentioned, we're going to delve into why Yeshio made the decision he made to go fight the army of Cairo and why it was a fatal decision, what the Habmina was, what the Maskana was, and the background behind it. As mentioned last week, this was the decision, not only personally for Yoshio, that's going to prove his undoing in terms of not being able to continue, in terms of Elam Haba, in terms of going down in history as a tzaddik yisait Elam, not going to undo anything. Uh, the question is, how did it happen? And there is a lot going on in terms of the personal decision and the background of who he was, which I'm to show you will get to this week and next week. Let's go to Pasigit Test, just a brief overview based on the Psukim. Without the Rishanim here in the Bayam we'll go back when we see the Midrashim. So we're starting with this Pasi because this was the culmination of his accomplishments. He was able to cause a significant amount of tshuva, get rid of a very significant amount of Avodazara, burning, destroying, grinding. And he was able to become Melech on the remnants of the Asaras Ashwatam. He now calls everyone who is around, new and improved, to a Pesach that they never had before. And picture this time of year, the Achanas that go into this, and the Pasuk says, as we saw in Malachim, this was never, in terms of the numbers, never a Pesach and a gathering that Klai Yisrael had seen since the beginning of the Binyan Abayas, and it was a huge success. They came, and they were besimcha, and they brought the Kabbonas, Berevam, and Behidr, and there was a high point in Klai Yisrael that they hadn't seen for centuries, and had Yoshio continued to live and continue the program, one never knows, possible the Horbin could have been averted, and they would have continued the Truva process. Unfortunately, Yoshio thinks he's a little bit further than he is. Not directly his fault, but uh, he will be stopped from the program as he's about to make such serious inroads that the Rishayim, if you can't get rid of them completely, will certainly be in the extreme minority, can't shoot for perfection, ever. Our Yetzirahs and our Avaidah are never completely gone, which is why the Avaidah is a struggle all the time, as you're living and breathing. Just tell people if they feel they finally got there, they should check their pulse, because if you finally got there, you might not be here. So, <laughs> so that's not a... <laughs> So that's not a very good... So it's true on a personal level, it's true on a national level. Also, unless Taka become the Melech HaMashiach, which Yoshio probably could have been, and the Vesemit dish remains, and even in the time of the Mashiach, the Ramam never says in Hilchas Malachim that there's going to be no Yetzirah. It's just strongly Mashima that it's going to be cut down to size. And that's all true, and that's something that would have happened, and the Yoshio thought they were, came out there, 
if not there. And as you see from the background, there were people he didn't know about, information he didn't know about the people. He knew about the people he sent the shlichem in to check the Avodah but certainly didn't really know them. And there were enough Rosham around still to do enough damage to take away the Siat that he could not go and stop Paro from just walking through Eretz Rome. And that's going to be the story over here in Devei Yomim. Acharei Kalzois, that's like Baderach Kina. Despite Acharei over here, means despite all his efforts and success in the Tshuva and the Achdus of Klai Yisrael, relative Achdus and relative Tshuva. And the success is, it's not going to work to rely on the Havtocha of Cherv Layavar Ba'etzachem, which we will explain when we get to the Medrash. Achrei Kalzai Sashehechen Yeshio Sabayas Allah Nechoi Melech Mitzrayim, Lilachem Nechachemish Al Pros. Possibly makes it quite clear. He's going to make it quite clear. He's not headed to Yisrael to fight Klai Yisrael, at least now. Not a friend of the Yidden, not a good guy in Ovid of but his stated purpose over here is to use the most direct route towards Israel north to go fight Ashur. And he's going to say so, Beferish, momentarily. Yetzel lekrasa yeshio, yeshio, to whatever the request will be, which Paro thought was clear before he left, and he's going to make more clear now. Yeshio didn't accept it and gathers his army to stand in his way to tell him that he doesn't have any passage through here, and if he wants to fight battles, he should go around the long way. We Americans, Baruch Hashem, Ken Yibu, uh, should never know. We Americans don't know what it means to have war on your home turf. We don't know what it means to have an army stationed in your home turf, even if they're not fighting you. It's never pretty. Uh, the better of the two, obviously, is you have a friendly army, quote-unquote friendly army, that's just here passing through or just here stationed, and they're not here to bother you. And halavai, but usually they're uh, close to behemoths, and especially these armies, and they had no civil international law. And Yeshio felt it was an affront to the covet of Klai Yisrael and to the safety of Klai Yisrael, and he's not interested in having an Egyptian army walk through Eretz Yisrael. And we can understand that on paper without fully understanding what's at stake that he understood. And he felt that he has a right to rely on the siyat Shmaya that he has hopefully triggered through the schusim of what Klai Yisrael has been doing. And that's certainly, just with that explanation, a very strong havamina. Pyro doesn't understand it. Here's a rumor that the Jewish army is gathering to fight him. And he now makes his intentions... Very clear. Something like, what's the matter with you? What's, uh, what are you doing? He says, in case it wasn't clear before, I'm headed to my base, Mohama, up north. Nothing to do with you. As I mentioned, there's a bit of a machlekes how to read the Elohims and Elohims over here. Elohim, Lashon Avodazar, Elohim, Havdo, Lashon, the true and only Akash Baruch We're going to read it uh, with one Mahalach that I will take through. His first Elohim is Akash Baruch Elohim, Amar, Levahaleni. Akash Baruch I know on good word from your Nevi'im. 
that I am going to fight Ashur and there'll be a Muhammad to me and Ashur and a Muhammad internally with my army and I'm going to be wiped out. He doesn't know that part, obviously. But the same Nevuah that is written and now we know in retrospect where this Nevuah is and there was a Nevuah, obviously, Yoshio didn't hear about it and doesn't believe Paro. The question, of course, is why didn't he go ask the Navi that's here now, Yermio? We'll get to that. But he sounds very from Elokim Ama Yevaleni says, God, your God, my God, of Devarzar believed in Akash Baruch Hu often. The problem is they had a longer list. Chadalacha, and then after his, what he thinks is positive news, don't worry about it, there's a mistake over here, you can go home, and this is from your God, and this battle has nothing to do with you. Then he threatens him, in the same sentence. He says that if you don't back down and back off and go home, the gods with me, he always brought a sampling of 20, 30 gods just in the chariots just to make sure they had them in their pockets, they had them in the chariots. The gods that are with me are going to destroy you. So we think, isn't that bizarre? He quotes Akash Baruch Hu and he quotes Yemiah and Yeshaya. And then the same sentence, he quotes, my God's going to destroy you. They didn't look at that as a contradiction, unfortunately. Lest they destroy you. So he's very tough. Many of the point out, because of the second part of the Pasuk, Yoshio Hamel didn't bother to investigate because he was so incensed in a very from Kanazdig way. You mentioned that your God's going to destroy me, and I'm representing HaKosh Baruch Hu, there's no way I'm going home. Even if I wanted to go home, I am a to stay now and fight this battle. Otherwise, the Hashem. That's where he's coming from. So if he had any inclination, inclination in the first part of the sentence to investigate what Nevoa is he talking about, what in the world is he talking about? If it was any Havamina, in his mind, the end of the Pasuk obviously made it imperative that he stay and fight this battle. Which was incorrect. I'm just trying to explain his how many. Yes? Do we have anywhere else in Tanakh where he speaks to a Goyesh Akiva? No, well, we do, but uh, he didn't even speak to him directly. That's what's interesting. Yeah. It's almost like he overheard, he said, the message was more than bizarre that he's mixing the Elohim with the Elohim. It's, it's very, uh, called pompous. It's like, Mamish like Dabai. He says, well, what's the matter? He says, I, I don't know what you're learning in the best message, but even I heard this Nevoah. I don't know. It wasn't directly said to him that there are Nevoas said to Goyim. But yeah, but this, this wasn't necessarily one of them. He's quoting, and he's not necessarily misquoting. He's not quoting that accurately for his own good because part of the Nevoa is Sasakti Mitzrayim and Mitzrayim. They're going to destroy themselves. So obviously he didn't get the full report. He's using it because uh, he's tired, he didn't even start the battle, and he's traveling, is difficult, and then in the middle of everything he hears is an army opposing him that's not even supposed to be part of the story. He's annoyed. So he, the first part of the message is like, uh, you better get your story straight, and these are your Nevi'im, and, and your God, and uh, I don't know what you're doing. And the second part is, I'm so annoyed, my gods are going to destroy you. So, I, I don't... I think you have to necessarily assume that anything was said directly to him. Yes? I mean, it seems like this is like very much what, what Mitzrayim was like under the, the, the earlier part of where they believed in the God of the Jews, but they also, they felt that it was, they, didn't, they denied the fact that he was Hashem, that he was, 
The first denial, you're giving too much credit. The first denial was wishful thinking, of course. The first denial was, let me try this. Who's God? Never heard of him. And he wanted to get away with that. Never heard of him. Yes, you're saying the deep of What do you mean never heard of him? What kind of ridiculous stance is that? Everybody's heard of him. Remember Yosef? Saved the country, you know. God of the Jews, Yaakov, Vinu, the Nile going up. Okay, so they understood what they wanted to understand and remembered what they wanted to remember. Uh, but the fact that Avdiya Barazar can quote both in the same passage and was not strange to them. Yes? Well, it's interesting because it ended up being only him. Is that what you're referring to? This battle is unfortunately going to be over so quickly. He's going to be killed instantly to be in the battle and everybody else is going to go home. Yeah, Al Yashri Sefa, they will destroy. Yeah, God, God, how he had a favorite, second favorite, third favorite. Doesn't, you know, doesn't make a difference, yeah. They, doesn't make, they, had, they had many, and that's what they mail of him. Pick your day, pick your hour. They brought many just, to, just in case, which is why I get shy sometimes, why Goyim here in New York insist on keeping the mezuzahs in their house. The guy's, yeah, the guy's leaving, and he starts taking down the mezuzah as instructed. And the guy's, what are you doing? He's like, oh, nothing to do with you. I'm just taking it. No, 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 I want that. That's, uh, they say that uh, protects me. <laughs> you believe in that? I go, ah, I don't believe. Don't believe, but you know. And loyal, loyazik, as they say. It's a problem. It's a, would it protect him no, or would it be a problem? Yeah, no, it not if it's a problem. If it's a problem, I'll peel it. you got to always examine, is it a shayla? If we're doing something wrong by keeping it, it's not good for him. That's the short answer. To, to have all sorts of preachers in front of it and uh, things that you shouldn't be doing, it's not, not good for anybody. Could it off a PK and afford some protection? The endline is going to start. So it's us or I'll be din. We have a problem already. And I've had the shayla. And I've had, the, like, the tenant was angry. Like, what do you mean? I leased, I leased this place. Hako bako, keeping the washing machines, you keep the mezuzahs. Okay, well, washing machines clean your clothing, and yeah, well, he wants the mezuzahs. So this is not uh, not unheard of. Pasach habed, v'lahesev yeshia upon our mimenu, kili lochen boy, here's chabes. He's already prepared for battle, and now he's certainly not leaving after that insult and that chil l'shem. L'sham al divrei nechayim ipi. Elohim, and he didn't listen to the aspects of the Nevoah which were true. Skip the page three. Bikas Megiddo. Pasuk Chav Gimel. Vayeru Hayer Lamelech Yeshiel. Vayemer Hamelech Lavadav Haviruni Ki Hachalesi Maoid. He immediately gets severely injured. He was hit. He was pierced three hundred times with arrows and the like, and he's the only one they got. And he tells his avodim quickly, move me, move me to the other chariot next to me and bring me to the back. He realized, not that I was hit, I'm mortally wounded. Full honor, burial where it's supposed to be. This is part of the bracha that he got in the scathing of Vua before, that he's not going to see the Corbin, he's going to be taken care of. I can't call this dying because he was very young and it was painful, but it was guaranteed. He wasn't captured by the Gayim and 
called Yehudu Yishalayim Miss Abulim Al Yoshio, and everybody understood the loss, not only the personal loss, the fact that Klaisol is in big trouble now. Para, by the way, is going to continue on to fight his battle, but he's going to come back, and we'll see from the Pokemon ahead, he's going to treat Exol now as a vassal state and call the shots and He's not just satisfied with the fact that they stood in my way. We had to kill him and move on. He's now going to enjoy the uh, victory. I have reason to believe that he's going to do that, try to do that anyway on his way back from the battle. He just sent a message that I'm not here to fight you, and I put in the word now. Doesn't mean he wasn't coming back. Why, is he, why in the world is anybody in the right mind leaving me trying to go fight Asher? Like it's a long way off. So maybe it's hard for us to understand, and it should be. Why would anybody leave the comfort of their palace to go fight a battle they don't have to fight hundreds of miles away? The answer is covered. What's the answer after that? Covered? Covered? Money? Covered? It's all the same thing. Money? So more covered? What? Mm, you know, Asher too strong is almost an oxymoron at this point. Asher had seen their heyday. I did yeah. But still, it's a funny time to fight after, uh, <laughs> after Sancher was uh, wiped out a while ago and had to regroup. Okay, there's still a power to contend with, but I'm sure on paper his cabinet will give you 15 political reasons why this is necessary. But none of this was necessary. And once in a while, they had skirmishes over natural resources like the stream next door and they needed water. There were battles fought like this, but most often it was for uh, battle. Did you ever hear of Alexander the Great? Um, he wasn't that great, but if he had any brains, and uh, as emperors go, Gamar actually has some interesting stories about him that he had some brains. Uh, why did he stop while he was ahead? You know, traveling is dangerous for many reasons, but just the fact when you invade new lands, with, you have germs, and like people came to new countries. Remember, Alexander the Great just like died pretty young, apropos to nothing, like all of a sudden from one day to the next. Right? You recall? Hmm? Mm-hmm. You didn't? What? You think it was me? Uh, and therefore? How, how old is he? You can look. I think he was, I think he was young. Uh, all the emperors were, were out to get more and more and more whenever they did what they did because it was all about the battles, the fighting, the glory, and they didn't know any other lifestyle which should be foreign to us, and there comes a point when you have enough covenant of money and you can stop conquering companies, or whatever we do today in our conquering. Uh, <laughs> so, question is when to stop. Yes? No, this was 18 years into his reign that he did this Pesach. We just went, the only reason I started with that Pusik, many years transpired in between. The only reason I started with the Pusik is the Pusik contrasted and says, even though he had all these things, including his crowning achievement, that he got to be together, and after that he continued to work on it. Despite all that, it didn't work and he's going to get killed. That's the contrast of the Pusik. It doesn't mean it was the day after. Correct. Correct. So they bring him home. He's buried the Mesabalon to the extent this Avelus is, again, not only on the Yachid, but the premonition that this will. B, this was the last chance to avert the Chorban. Those words already have a very uh, sad ring. Yemiyo himself said a Hespid 
And this aspect makes it into our kinnis, the Tishabov. Because again, he understood this was not only a hesped in Yoshio as a tzaddik, as an individual. It was really a hesped on, I can't say on Klai Yisrael, because Baruch Hashem, we never need to say a hesped on Klai Yisrael. Because Klai Yisrael will always be here, but it's a hesped on life as they knew it. And by Yisrishim. Ve'yem rekol hasharim v'asharis bekino seyem al Yoshio ad hayoyim. And this stayed in whenever they said any hesped that professional must be them for any leviah, they included some of this in all the hespedim for years to come. The itnum lachayk al Yisrael became like a bylaw of how to run a leviah. The hinam ksuvim al kinnis and is written up in kinnis in echa, as we know. The yesed divri yoshia v'chasadov kakasav b'tayris Hashem, and all the things that he did. Notice the word chasadov. The things he did, even in the fimishur sadim, he was such a genuine sadik. Everything he did was kakasav b'tayris Hashem as the Pasuk mentioned before. Go to page 1, which is page 4 here. Page 1, the set, it says on top, Medrash Rabbah. The Medrash will now dissect these Tzukim. V'yishlach elav malachem lemar, ma'li v'lach melech Yehuda, lo'olach ha'ata yom ki ha'beis melchamti ve'elokim omar levahaleni. So this medrash is teaching Elokim Loshan Kaidish Mipi Hakash Baruchu Ani Ayla. This is from the Navi, from Hakash Baruchu. Chadalocha Melohim Asher Imi Loshan Kol Zeloshan Avayis Kachavim. Lahesev Yeshio Panav Yeshio did not back off. Loshan Al Divrei Nechay Mipi Elokim Zeyimiyo Shaamar LeYeshio. These words are significant. The medrash starts saying that. Yermia told Yoshio the following. That means there was a conversation and Yoshio HaMelech at one point asked, he wasn't sure, the Pyro says I should back off and there's an Avua and I shouldn't fight. He's not looking for a battle. He doesn't have to fight. It's dangerous. And Yermio Anavi tells him, Ze Yermio Sha'amal Yoshio Kach Mikublani Miyashaya Rabbi. My Rebbe Yeshaya Anavi. Says a pasuk in Yeshaya Perikat has pasuk Mitzrayim Let them destroy themselves. Don't get involved. Now that's a big problem. If that's the way, if the Medrash is trying to tell us that's the way the conversation took place, it doesn't seem to be much discussed. One second. doesn't bad to worse. Sounds like the conversation happened. He told him about this pasuk. He didn't listen. Ella, why didn't he listen? He had a good reason. Ella, amaloi rabe he says, well, I'm not sure how to interpret that Pusik, but he now wants to come through Eretz Yisrael. It would be very nice if Sachti Mitzrayim Mitzrayim, he wasn't doubting the Nevoa. There's a Nevoa that Mitzrayim will have a civil war, they'll destroy themselves. Very nice, I'm looking forward, but let them do it on their own time. It doesn't say in that Nevoa Beferish that he should be coming through Eretz Yisrael at any time. And the Pusik in Chumash, your Rebbe's Rebbe, Meish Rabbeinu, Said, and he's coming, and it's my land, not my land, as in Gaiva. My land is uh, it's a violation. It's a chil Hashem that should be here, and it's dangerous for the people to have an army coming through, and it was. 
And therefore, I have a Pasuk, and the Pasuk is applied when Klai is on the Madrega to have that protection. Remember, well, unfortunately, when we're not in the Madrega, we don't even have the guarantee if we go to a regular war that we're going to win. And here, this is not talking about a regular war. This is talking about a Madrega that not only won't you have wars, and if you have wars, you'll win every war. You won't even have armies going through your land which is a luxury, especially in the ancient world, because even when people weren't involved, there were always armies crisscrossing, especially in Eitz Yisrael. The crossroads of civilization, they're going up and down. Hashem put Eitz Yisrael there for a reason. As an Isayan, as a constant threat, we should uh, do tshuva. Many reasons is there, but it was there, and it was the quickest route. So he says, the Pasuk says, if I can't rely on this now, after all my work with the tshuva, and getting rid of the Avodah and the carbon pestle and everything, if you can't rely on it now, when can you rely on it? Well, unfortunately, the answer is you can't rely on it now. And when is if we get there? And time of David Melech, maybe when he finished the battle, the time of Shlomo Melech, there was absolute peace. No one was walking through with any swords. There were times when you can rely on it. This, unfortunately, was not one of them. Yes? No, because there's a, there's a rule out there that they're going to self-destruct. Don't worry about it. He can, part of the argument was, now they're going to go to Ashur and on the way back, after they win that, they're going to come and fight us. It's, the Navi said, don't worry about it. They're going, to, they're going to self-destruct on the way there and don't worry about a thing. Yeah, Shaila is where and when. Again, he wasn't denying, he wasn't telling Yermia that your Rebbe didn't say this. It's a Pasuk in Shaila, and you can look it up. He was just saying, I had a good kasha, I don't know when it applies. I do know a Pasuk in Chumash, says, this is it. When else am I going to apply this? So, where did he go wrong? What? Uh, we always know that. Well, when he goes to Yemen, like he's okay, he's a king, he's a big company, he's done a lot of great things, but like this is Yemen that he's talking to. So at the end of the day, I'm not going to argue with you because whatever shot we say, and we're going to have some interesting mahalchim. Rebshat, you say, at the end of the day, your Rebbe's talking to you, he's the Navi Adar, you have a kasha. So the Maserah, Teresh Peh, is you have a kasha, unless it's a Mamasha Tiyufta. Now, this is where it gets very tricky. There's a Masefta Harius. Masefta Harius talks about a case, maybe hypothetical, I don't know if it ever happened, where the Sanhedrin tells somebody to do something, to do something that involves a Chiv Karis or something. It's a very serious thing. And it's clear that when the dust settles, the psak was incorrect. Not that it's still being debated, it's still machlekes. Incorrect. And now Shaila, who brings what carbon, who's responsible. So the Gemara clearly spells out in the sugya that if you know for sure it's not right, you're not allowed to follow it. If that ever happened, who knows? Maybe not. But if it did, it's rare. So the trick over here is that we don't have, I, I hate using this expression, because why even mention the ridiculous notion, but in, in Yiddishkeit, there's no such thing as papal infallacy. That's the godless of Yiddishkeit, is that Klaiso is still here because nobody can fool us. And even if a guy does Nisim in the floods, even if he claims to walk on water, which he didn't do in all likelihood, unless he had the shame of Farish, which he might have stolen, but uh, we, don't, we don't care. We had, that's what Pesach is all about. We, uh, we had the Gilishchina, we saw the Nisim that the whole world had to admit. We have a message around this, and we don't really care. And the key here is that we know the person is completely wrong, and everybody's masking. Well, in Harius, how can everybody mask him? The person masking the Shaila isn't masking. 
So the answer is there's clear evidence that Rav Minyan Binyan Klaisol Arvid and I say, you know and you just know. The problem is that 99.999% of the time, I don't know if it's ever happened, the person who's involved in an argument who's trying to get a point across always thinks he's 100% right. And we see this when we have arguments with our friends every day. And this time he's sure you're making a mistake. So, Lamaisa, you're right. It's going to be extremely rare, if not uh, historically uh, highly improbable that this ever happened because at the end of the day, as great as you are, he's greater and you got to listen. So the facts are usually like that. But do we have a concept that because he's so-and-so, therefore must be right? No, otherwise we wouldn't have Mr. Tahirius. And people, it's, I don't want to do this quickly because people misquote this and they have problems with their basic Amunus Lachamim and with their Anivas and knowing their place and things like that because they say, yeah, normally I follow, but this time I know they're making a mistake. Well, usually that means normally I follow when it's easy for me, but when I have a particular issue with it due to my Nagias, uh, I decide this time they're making a mistake. That's what it is, 99.999 or 100% of the time with our Madrega. But in theory, you're asking how could he argue? So... In the lumdus of it, he could say that I have a Pusik and this Navua, in his opinion, was too open-ended. The Navua wasn't said directly to me. There's a Navua out there that at a certain point in time, Mitzrayim will self-destruct, and I believe it, 100%. Mechtes, it's over here. That's why, that's why this sugi is so complicated, because of what you're asking. I'm trying to tread carefully, and it shouldn't be misquoted. And when we get to the possible Shatim, you'll see it's so dark of where he went wrong. You'll also see that how direct the conversation was. It, the way the Medrash is saying it sounds like it was a direct conversation. It's not clear that's what the Medrash means, and everybody agrees to that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And the reason he didn't get in trouble for that, besides the fact he was right, was that it wasn't a national, it, it, it had a national impact, the fact that he survived. But it wasn't a decision of national importance on the, uh, on the table because it was a question of whether he would die. It, we know in the background that if he would have died, that would have been a big problem for Kaiso, as would happen with Yoshio. But yes, it's, it's, it's not exactly parallel, but it's, it's similar enough that uh, he said, thank you very much for the Navua. Actually, he didn't say it like that. He said it more stark because of the reasons that we explained then, that he had to push back not against the Navi, but for his own, uh, own tefillah, he had to convince himself that, yes, I could still daven and get out of this. And he repeated, and he was right. And the godless of our leaders is when Yeshai got the Nevoa four minutes later in the Chatzar HaMelech to go and turn around. It's very uncomfortable. I just said he's going to think I'm a Navi Sheker. He said, no, he's a Tzaddik. He's going to know that he just davened in at work, turn around and tell him the exact opposite. And he did. Sort of. I mean, the... Navi walks in and says, Savis Pesecha, you got another day to live, take care of everything, you gotta do this quickly, we gotta have a succession plan. That's an order, direct order. And he said, Thank you, or he didn't say thank you, which is whether there was a thank you there or not, but was pretty starker terrors. But there's a reason he did that. Here, we don't even have on record that Yoshio Amel said anything like that. He just said, I don't understand, your Rebbe's Rebbe, which is also pretty sharp for lotion. Your Rebbe's Rebbe? No, he wasn't Rebbe's Rebbe. My Shabbat is Robin Shekhoi Yisrael. Your Rebbe's Rebbe said, Chev l'sav v'ratzachem. I have a kasha. We don't have a steer in the Nevuahs. This Nevuah is a very generic. So, Sachti Mitzrayim Mitzrayim. The problem you're pointing out is that it might be generic, but Yermio holds that it applies over here. 
I, I keep raising one question we didn't address yet, but I, I'm trying to point out how we, we need to come out of here that the Gadladar in, uh, in Klai Yisrael leading the country, Yoshio HaMelech, and the Gadladar who's supposed to be finally poskating the din in Yermio HaNavi, and Havimim HaMaskana have to be so close that you can't tell them apart. And still come out that Yoshio was incorrect and Yermio was right. And that's what's going to happen. I, I'm trying to paint a picture where you're going to be so on the fence that if you were there, you'd be understanding the Melech pretty well. And we'll get there next week. Let's go to the Pelliates. In the meanwhile, remind me we're in the middle of the Medrash. This is very delicate. That's why each Sunday morning I start back a little bit. I have my notes here that we had the Psukim from Divrei Yamim half of them before, but I'm afraid that people are not going to get the whole picture. So if you come on time next week, we'll start to uh, try to start on time and uh, don't drop any of the details. The Peliyites in the next shtickle is going to talk about Chil Hashem and Kiddush Hashem. It's always a topic that you have to keep in mind every day and every moment of the day. We usually think of the Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem in terms of Simon Kufna and Zion and Yeridea and Hukhsi Sebe Teri and the Rambam. Le'elenush never mean Ageya. The Cossacks are here and the Achmar Latzlan and there's a choice between choosing. Uh, Yiddishkeit and Avodah that's the extreme form of possibly getting killed by Kiddush Hashem. It's not only not an imperative to find yourself in that situation, it's a chiv to run away and get out of the situation and not be there. There's no mitzvah to wait for the Cossacks or anybody else coming in. That's a, it's not a misconception. It's, it's clear that uh, if you can run away and escape, you should. And if you can't, you have to make choices. You've got to know what the din is. When it's Yahar Bar The very challenging matzah we have, Baruch Hashem, we don't have the matzah we just described, and we shouldn't. It's a very difficult Nisayan, which Klai Yisrael historically has passed with a 99% mark. There were Yechidim who didn't, but we've done very well in that situation. Lamaisa, day to day, you have to be careful not to make a chil Hashem and do your best and understand that when Aveir is done, when it's done by Rabbim, it creates a chil Hashem. That's an ongoing design which is, I'm not going to say harder. We're not going to uh, downgrade the difficulty of uh, deciding whether to die or Kiddush Hashem. But it's challenging to always remember because when the Eitzahara finally convinces you that what you should do is a mitzvah rabbah for from people and you know deep down it's an Aveira, you don't want to be bothered by the fact that Nali is an Avera, but if other people find out, other people see you and they take an example, it's going to be a Chil Hashem on top of it. Nobody wants to hear that because that just makes you feel less secure about your decision to do the Avera. The mitzvah and the reason it's so important to highlight is because if you remember this prat within the Avera, you'll actually probably stop doing what you're doing. And it will save you from doing the Avera because you might realize you're not a man alone and you'll... You are going to, whoever sees you, is going to have an effect on others, and that is what a chil Hashem means. Not just when they see you, you're so from, why are you doing this, and it's a chil Hashem. That's a chil Hashem. But when you also cause other people to have yish and their avaydah, because look, even he can't hold himself back, that's going to be a chil Hashem, because you're lessening the chashivas of the avaydah in the eyes of other people, and causing a michshol. So it's chet yamachti yasarabim, and on many levels, and it's a Chil Hashem because the only 
person who's looking at you who's going to follow suit is when he convinces himself that it can't be that chashuv because you're doing it. That's inherently a chil Hashem, besides the lifneiver and the mitchel. So that's why this is so important, and we like to get very humble. We say, Miani, Miani, everybody gets very humble all of a sudden. They're not looking at me, and they don't really care, and I'm not an example, and I'm not so from, and they know I'm not so from. That's all the from, the from humble. Uh, so we, we put the humility and anivas on a pedestal, except for over here. You have to know that uh, everybody's watching and looking for excuses and looking to pin it on somebody else. And therefore, it is your problem. And that's why the Rambam says in Hilchus Shuva that all these kaparas and levels of kapara for an Asen, Alyssa, Sein, Kare, Samisus, Beistin, and all these things are Tshuva and Yom Kippur and kaparas and Nainshim and all sorts of different levels. And then the Rambam puts it in the end. And by the way, that's all when you weren't Mechal Hashem at the time you were doing it. The doors are locked and nobody ever found out. Not then, not later. And therefore, you only have to do Tshuva and fix up what you did. But if other people saw it and took an example and were disappointed in you because they look at you as a front person or were disappointed in what they thought was the august level that this mitzvah very should be on and now they think that, well, obviously it can't be that important because you're doing it or everybody's doing it, then the Ram says that's a whole different ball of wax. Ram doesn't use that lotion. And you have to now do tshuva for something entirely different and the kapara is a lot more difficult to attain. Let's just see the first couple of sentences. Chil Hashem Yadua Shuchamer Mikol Chil Hashem Shabbatera. Now, the, the description in Chumash is referring to is the fact that Takash Bochu, Kavyochu complains about people doing Avazara and the Unshim that come to Klai Yisrael. And the fact that we're in Golos and everything together, the Chorben Abayas, and the fact that Klai Yisrael gets punished, is a Chil Hashem. Hashem's name is being tainted by the fact that Klai Yisrael is still in Golas, and we've been pushed around, and all sorts of horrible things have happened. We're on page Reish Yadalit, if I didn't tell you, at the end of the page. The Rambam brings this, Gemara Yuma down, and many ask, well, if what's added now is Yem HaMavis, no! People get to that, and that's the severity, I'm going to die anyway. So, Yem HaMavis. The answer is, you don't want to use up Yem HaMavis on this. Yem HaMavis is supposed to be a kapar because it's not a pleasant experience, and you want to use it to wipe the slate clean for other things. If you now have to spend it all on this, it's going to be a problem for the Elam Haba slash Rachman Laslan Gehenim experience. That means you have to be very careful, and if you don't care about your own Ruchnias, care about the effect it's having on others because that's going to become an issue in your Ruchnius as well. Whether you think you're a Gornish, whether you think you're nobody and they're not looking at you, you have to be concerned. Maybe they are. Depending, this is taka godless. Or below tefillin, they watch tefillin all day. And they see me walking. They see me walking without tefillin or without my lips moving and learning. And we will mitz Hashem discuss this at length next week.
to make a Kiddush Hashem.